0: Hey, welcome to part three of our series, Sanctuary. We're going to get to it in just a moment. Before we do so, what is the mission of Forest Park Church? Our mission is quite simple. Help people follow Jesus one step at a time. Help people follow Jesus one step at a time. It's that simple. It's that profound. All right, grab a Bible, a notepad, a pen, whatever you need to, and take notes as we jump into Sanctuary part three. In 1972, a plane flying from Uruguay to Chile crashed into a mountain in the Andes, split in half, and spilled down a snowy slope. For the 33 survivors, this was just the beginning of a nightmare. Over the next 72 days, the group battled shock, frostbite, avalanches, and starvation. Only 16 of them made it out alive. New analysis by Spencer Harrison, a researcher and mountain climber, explains not just how these men survived, but why. Spencer tracked down four of the survivors, combed through their journals, and even visited the crash site with one of them. Every survivor's story shared a common theme. A key to their resilience was hope. Some people say, if there's life, there's hope, one of the survivors explained. But for us, he said, it was the opposite. If there's hope there's life. In many ways, these past 10 months have been a nightmare. And it's been all about survival. Each day we wake up hopeful things are getting better, only to discover everything has gotten worse. As if the battle against COVID isn't enough, our government's gone crazy. We don't know who to believe, who to trust, what's going on with our health, our finances, our kids' education. What a year! And you know what we need? Yes, we need a cure for COVID. Yes, we need the vaccine to be given more quickly and more efficiently. Yes, we need some calm and competent leaders for our nation. But beyond all things related to COVID and politics, we need hope. We need healing. We need rest. We need a sanctuary, a solemn place, a sacred place where we can breathe again, where we can think, where we can connect with God and each other again. A place where our souls are refreshed and our minds renewed. But how do you start? Where do you begin? That's what this series is about. And over the last couple of weeks, Evident Preston brought us some rich and practical ways to strengthen our prayer lives. And today and next week, I'm going to do my best to help us create sanctuaries of worship in the middle of our chaotic lives. And our lives are chaotic, aren't they? Would you agree we live in a culture filled with people who are drifting further and further apart? Technology has made us more available, but less connected. We're accessible all the time, just not fully here for most of it. How many of you know someone who has a problem being fully present? We carry iPhones, Androids, iPads, we use Facebook, Twitter, email. We're always available at a surface level. We have little time for a lot of people, but we rarely have a lot of time for anybody. We have a thousand friends on Facebook, but only one or two we would trust with our heart. Yet we keep searching, don't we? Searching for that relationship that meets our expectations, that friendship that fulfills us at the deepest level. That's one reason some of us keep checking our phones, refreshing Facebook. Maybe someone sent me a message that will make me feel as if I matter. We're a connected, disconnected society. And you know what? In the middle of all that, we're dealing with COVID. Social distancing, wearing masks, worrying about our loved ones, stressing over our jobs, our futures. You look around and you want to help, but how? I mean, you're barely able to help yourself, yet alone other people. You feel the creep of loneliness slipping up behind you. You feel the icy fingers of depression and sadness crawling up your spine, and you don't know what to do. So how do you stay connected to warm relationships? How do you become engaged with healthy people? How do you make a difference, a real difference in the lives of people around you, when you feel as if you're barely making it yourself? And more importantly, how do you experience God's presence when everything seems as if it's spinning out of control? Is it possible? Is it possible to find a sanctuary in the midst of COVID-19, with all the social distancing, the god-awful masks, in the middle of this confusing political season? Yes. And if you listen and follow through with what I'm going to share with you today, you're going to be able to create a sanctuary no matter where you are or no matter what's going on around you. I want to call your attention to a comment Paul the Apostle made many years ago, but it's still fresh today. But before we look at it, you need to know Paul was writing to a group of Christians living underneath difficult circumstances. Life for these Christians was hard. And these Christians were trying to do what was right, what was good, what God wanted. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 6, verse 9. He says, let's not get tired of doing good, because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. This verse needs to be our theme right now, doesn't it? Don't grow tired with doing good. And it's easy to grow tired in the middle of this pandemic. One week leads to two, weeks lead to a month, leads to a year. It's easy to become discouraged and to just want to give up. And Paul encouraged these Christians, don't give up. He knew they were being tempted to stop, to throw up their hands and say, I'm finished with this. I've done all I can do. I'm exhausted from trying to be what everybody needs me to be. I'm tired of holding out hope for a better tomorrow. This is it. There is no better tomorrow. I quit. You ever been there? trying to hold your family together, go to work, wash your hands, wear your mask, deal with people's bad attitudes, then you come home, try to educate your kids, keep their spirits up when all they want to do is socialize with their friends, but they can't, it's hard. Paul said, don't quit, don't give up. Instead, verse 10, so then let's work for the good of all whenever we have the opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. Listen, you can't do it all. I can't do it all. But as opportunities come our way, let's do good. Then in verse 2, he says, Carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. There are people around you who are struggling. You are struggling. Some days, I'm struggling. Everybody watching is struggling somewhere in life. And the only way we're going to get through this is when we share one another's burdens. In other words, you can't meet the needs of all people, but you can meet the needs of some people. No one can meet all your needs, but someone can meet some of your needs. If we don't figure out how to manage this tension, we will fall to one side or the other. We will shut it all out and become cold and different and inaccessible, or we will take it all on and live stressed, anxious lives. How do we do it? Well, no one did it better than Jesus. I want to show you two insights from his life. One is found in Mark 6. As you know, Jesus drew crowds of people. At times, there were thousands of people following Jesus everywhere. Can you imagine? You wake up in the morning and right outside your door, there are hundreds of people waiting for you to wake up and come outside. They follow you to work. They wait outside your office. They follow you home. They sleep on your lawn at night. Everything you say is repeated by your fans and ridiculed by your enemies. That is what it's like to be Jesus or one of his closest disciples. Hundreds of requests pouring in every single day. So how did Jesus respond? Watch this. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. Many people were coming and going, so there was no time to eat. He said to the apostles, come by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. That is so insightful. Right in the middle of the throngs of people, everyone clamoring to have their needs met, Jesus takes those closest to him and they pull away to a quiet place and get some rest. You know what this tells me? It tells me sometimes you have to serve the crowds and sometimes you have to serve yourself. Which means you have to choose to stop, walk away from some of the crowds and get some rest. Right in the middle of the busiest time, right in the midst of crowds of people who need you and want you to meet their needs, you have to seek out and find a quiet place. It will not find you. You have to find it, and you're going to have to get some rest. Jesus modeled compassion, and Jesus modeled rest. You know what it tells me about God? It tells me that He cares about my emotional and physical health just as much as He does about my spiritual health. And the only way to develop and maintain physical, emotional, and spiritual health is to create margin in your life. Do you know what I mean when I say margin? Dr. Richard Swinson defines margin as the space between our load and our limit. Margin, he says, is the gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing and suffocating. Some of you have no margin. You live life at the edge, and that's why you feel as if you're barely breathing. You have no reserve for unanticipated situations. That's why you freak out so quickly. You have no reserve. You are pushing life on all sides. Emotionally, you are stripped. Physically, you can't give any more. Spiritually, you don't even have enough time to even think about it. You need space, empty space, room to breathe. How does a person create margin? Answering that question would take a while, so let me give you just a few thoughts. First, admit that everyone wants a piece of you, but you are a finite resource and you will run out. You cannot make everyone happy. You don't have enough resources to go around. Just admit that. Next, learn how to use the most powerful word in the English language, no. In fact, you should probably practice saying it because it's so hard for some of us. No, take control of your calendar or someone else will. Learn to put margin in your life. Find a quiet place and get some rest. A quiet place will not find you. Listen very carefully. It's one of the reasons we created this new gathering called Sanctuary. It's coming out of this series and it begins this coming Tuesday evening at Forest Park Church. It's an opportunity for you to unplug, push away, say no, take control of your calendar, walk into our auditorium, and just sit In God's presence. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. We're going to think. We're going to meditate. We're just going to be. No agenda, no forced schedule, just a time to just unplug from everything going on around us, especially in the middle of all this chaos, and just sit in God's presence and in the presence of the other people around you and just be. One other incredible insight from the life of Jesus. Although crowds surrounded Jesus, as many as 5,000, sometimes 10,000, Jesus would often look through the crowds and focus his attention on one person. Over and over in the life of Jesus, you will see him walk into crowds of people, heal one person, and walk away. I mean, it seems unfair, but the older I get, the more I understand. Several years ago, I was listening to Pastor Andy Stanley teach about the growth they experienced at North Point Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and how it is impossible to meet the needs of all the people. Then he said something that didn't sit well with me when I first heard it, but the more I thought about it, and the more experience I gain as a pastor, the more it makes sense. Paraphrasing Andy's words, here's what he said. The needs of the people can be overwhelming, but you can't allow them to overwhelm you or you will be ineffective. So, he said, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Now, my first reaction was, well, that's not fair. You can't just choose one person and meet his or her needs and not meet all the needs of the people around. I mean, if you do for one, you got to do for all. That's just not fair if you don't. And that was coming from the way I was conditioned. But I'm learning this reality. You will never be able to meet the needs of all the people around you. It's impossible. You are limited and your resources are limited. But here's what I know about you. If you could, you would meet the needs of everyone. I know I would, but we can't meet everyone's needs. You and I are not designed nor expected to meet everyone's needs. You are limited, your time is limited, and your resources are limited. You can't do it all. Therefore, you must use your time and your resources wisely. You and I can't meet the needs of everyone, but you and I can meet the needs of one person. So rather than looking at the mass of people standing off in the distance, look at the one person standing nearest you. So let's put these two insights together. Come away from all the busyness and craziness that is swirling around you. Choose to come away and get some rest. Sit in his presence and walk out of his presence and become fully present in the life of at least one person. So ask and answer a few questions. Where can I get some rest? What can I do for one? Two huge questions. Where can I get some rest? What can I do for one? When you find that quiet place, that place of rest, listen. Listen carefully and you will know who the one is and then choose to do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Here's a closing thought. In his presence, you become fully present. This strategy will move us past the generic needs of hundreds of kids to the specific need of one child. This will allow you to stay committed long enough to make a difference. Sometimes the greatest contribution is that you keep coming back over and over again. You don't quit. You keep investing again and again and again, and over time, you see a huge difference. Len and I have been married for 30 years. What's the secret? She refused to leave me. We worked it out over and over and over again. I've led Forest Park Church now for 19 years. What's the secret? I outlasted most of my critics. Well, I guess he's not leaving, so let's go. We overestimate what we can do in a week. We underestimate what we can do in a year. We can't shut it all out, and we can't take it all on. So find a quiet place in his presence, rest, and walk out, and do for one what you wish you could do for all. Who is that one? Who is that single mom struggling this year who happens to be in your path every day? Who is that one kid that needs your time, your attention, your love? Who is that coworker struggling this year because it is the first year without his wife? Who is your neighbor who recently lost his job? Who is your friend who has cancer? What does that person need? If you could, what would you do for every lonely kid? Do it for one. If you could, what would you do for every single mom? Do it for one. If you could, what would you do for every sick patient at the hospital? Do it for one. If you could, what would you do for every person who has recently lost his or her job? Do it for one. You will have difficulty getting alone and praying by yourself every day. But take the opportunity when it comes and do it one day. You will have a challenge reading your Bible every single day. But when the opportunity presents itself, do it even if it's one day. You have difficulty getting quiet and sitting in God's presence by yourself, especially as how busy you are and all the things going on around you. But when the opportunity comes, like this coming Tuesday evening, take it. Choose the quiet place. Choose the opportunity to serve. Where there's hope, there's life. Let's get into God's presence and let's walk out fully present. Let's find hope ourselves and let's give hope to others let's pray Father this entire series is all about creating these places that are sacred these places that are like sanctuaries that we can get in your presence and learn to worship you and learn to pray I pray that you will take this message today and, and, and drive it deeply into our our souls and let it take root. And Father, as we meditate and think through this, Father, you will challenge us to find that place as often as we can to sit in your presence and just be, just rest in this quiet place and be filled with your presence so that we can be fully present in the lives of at least one person. Thank you for this challenge. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives as a church, and thank you for what you're doing in my life as the pastor of this church. Continue to move in us and through us, and may we learn to love one another. We thank you, and we ask these things.